Because our sins, there are many, but His mercy, His grace is so much more. And uh, we're going to take our Bibles tonight, and I'm going to try to confuse you tonight just a little bit. James chapter number 2. James chapter number 2. And uh, this passage of Scripture has confused many a person. And, uh, and always, if we ever think the Bible's contradicting, the Bible does not contradict itself. We just don't understand. Always, and may I just help you tonight when it comes to the Word of God, always give the Word of God the benefit of the doubt. Always. Always doubt yourself, but trust book. The book is always right. And if we doubt it in some spot, it's just because we don't understand it. That's all it comes down to. And so make sure, trust the book. James chapter number here, they didn't want to include the book of James in the canon of Scripture because they felt that the passage we're going to read tonight contradicts with what Paul says in Romans about us being justified through faith. And here it looks like we're being justified through our works, and there's a big difference between the two. They actually complement one another is what it actually happens here. And so we'll look at that tonight. Does anyone need a copy of the outline? I see a few of you got up. Does anyone need a copy that doesn't have one? And so we're going to get back. We need to start getting to where we have an usher at every service at both doors, and we need to get that going so that we a good thing to have. And then that way, if the Gestapo comes in to stop us from having church, the ushers can, can take care of it for me so I don't have to deal with it. And so, but anyways, James chapter number 2, verse number 14. What doth it profit, my brethren... And say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? And by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he is called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Father, I pray you'd bless the next few minutes that we have here tonight. pray that you'd work in our service. We need you. I pray that you'd help us tonight. We need your help. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Does the sound sound all right? There's a little... Um, if, if it's a little off, leave the soundboard up and the amplifier underneath. Turn that down just a little bit because that will still leave the sound online working good, I think. So I think that's a way to bypass that. That could be or it might not be. So we'll know. And if you're watching online and it's not quite right, then just show up at church and you'll be fine. I, no, I didn't say that. No, 
just teasing, just teasing, then uh, let us know so we can fix that for you. And I respect whatever people need to do at this time. You do what God leads you to do. But um, when you sit here, you can hear my voice no matter what. So, and uh, I'm teasing, kind of. And so we look tonight at the Word of God. Proving your faith. We've been talking about, on Sunday nights, being spiritually fit. And this thing about proving your faith, it's very important. And faith without works is dead, being alone, the Scripture tells us. As we look tonight, and I want you to keep this phrase in mind as we dive in, we're not saved by works, but saved people do God's work. I'll say that again. We are not saved by works, but saved people do God's work. Don't forget that tonight. The word faith is used 11 times from verse 14 through verse 26 tonight in this passage. And it's used in at least three different ways, and that's going to be our main points tonight as we go through. I stole these points from someone else, and I liked syrupy faith. I love that one. Syrupy faith I could not come up with on my own. That's number two. We'll get there in a little bit. So syrupy, that's not me. I could never have thought of that one, but I love it. It fits very well there, and we'll make sense of that in a few minutes. How many of you like syrup? Anybody like syrup? I'm not a, I'm not a maple syrup guy. I'm not. I would prefer boysenberry, like IHOP. I like IHOP because they have the four different flavors of syrup. You don't have to have just the maple. If you like the maple, fine, you have the maple yourself, but give me some good fruit-flavored syrup, and that's good with me, or Knott's Berry from the boysenberry. Oh, that's good stuff right there, and we'll just, man, man, I'm getting hungry just talking about that stuff, and so if anybody wants to take me out to breakfast sometime, let me know, and we'll talk about spiritual things in the middle of all that, and so Tonight, I want to look at this passage of Scripture and dive in a little deeper, see how it can help us spiritually. We'll dive in, number one, tonight. We see surfacey faith, surface faith. James begins with two questions in verse 14. The Bible tells us here in verse 14, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? We see two questions brought here. He's basically asking James is, what's the use or advantage of saying you have faith if it's not shown through your works? Can that kind of faith save him? Once again, James is asking the tough questions to his fellow church members that have been scattered abroad. And as I told you before, the book of James can be titled Practical Christian Living. Look at this passage tonight, and he gives them some examples after he asks these questions, number 15 and 16. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? We see these examples that James gives right here, and notice this is a fellow brother or sister, a fellow believer who has no food or clothing. And James makes it personal. He says, and if one of you say, I use that phrase, depart in peace, it was a common greeting, but it meant go away. Time to go. You had overextended your stay. You came over for dinner. It's getting late. Depart in peace. 
pastor's ready to lock the church building talking in here, like, depart in peace. Get out. Go. So funny this morning. There were a couple that were still in here talking with uh, Peter. And Peter can talk. You get him going. And he was talking. And they were apologizing. We're sorry. No. There's never a rush. You want to fellowship with God's people. But you can turn the lights out and lock up and go home when you're ready to. So, but we see this passage and it literally means it's time to go. Kindly saying, get out of my sight. Bye. Nice seeing you. And that's the Bible says here, and you have a fellow believer who doesn't have food or clothing. The be warmed and filled, and you do nothing. What did you really do for that person? What does it profit? Two times is useless. We can't talk if we're not willing to walk it. Worthless faith is worthless faith. We think about the Bible tells us John 3, verse 17 and 18. Do you, have, do you have that verse? No? We'll take our Bibles and go there. I forgot to put that down. So go to 1 John chapter number 3. 1 John chapter number 3. I think it's good for you to turn your Bible sometimes. If I give you all the verses on the screen, you don't ever flip in your Bible, and you're going to say, Pastor, I just don't know the passages anymore, and I want you to become lazy. So sometimes I've got to have some verses for you to look up. 1 John 3, look at verse number 17. And 18 it says, But whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. We see it's kind of the same sort of thing that we see in James chapter number 2. How can you say you love God and you have faith if you're not willing to do it? You're not showing that faith. There's a lot of Christians today that have surface Christianity. It's a surface, it looks good at first glance, but it's not very deep. It's very shallow. Hey, we got to make sure, church, that our church is not a church of surface faith. Surface kindness. One of the things I've heard many times through the years about our church, oh, they're so friendly. Don't let that friendliness be a surface friendliness. To be a genuine love of the brethren. Genuine faith. Not a surface faith. Faith that doesn't have works with it is useless. The wish here for this brother or sister to be warmed and filled with food is not only empty, but it reveals dead faith. What did you do to help that person? Now, you got to remember, there are multiple circumstances. And there are times people, we, if, <laughs> through the years, I've got certain people that just come around because they need something. A few weeks ago on a Sunday night, I've got a good friend, and, and I love the man, I really care about him. And he'll just come around, he needs something. A few of you in the room, you know who he is, and when he's here... He says, I'm going to do better, Pastor. I'm going to start coming to church. And he comes at one service, gets what he needs, and then he's gone for a while. And a couple weeks ago, he was here, and we were talking. And I pray for him, and I pray that he gets things straight. He's a problem in his life. He's been, he's 
cast away from his family. But he keeps doing the same things. He gets a job for a little bit, then that money gets used as it shouldn't, and it's a cycle. And the other time when he came, I said, I'm not giving you anything tonight. Why? You always help me. You got to stop what you're doing and move forward. There are times that things like that need to be done. But when you have, God's been good to you, and God supplied for you, and you see someone who's struggling, and you look at them and say, hey, Lord bless you. Hope you're filled and warm. It's time to go. That's not Christianity. Surface faith. At first glance, when we look at this, and as we look at this, look at verse 17. It says, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. A faith that doesn't lead to action is lifeless. The word dead refers to a corpse. I think you all understand what we're talking about here. At first glance, when you look at this passage of Scripture, it seems that James and Paul are at odds with each other. Paul clearly teaches that we're saved by grace through faith, and works have nothing to do with it. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That comes straight from Paul, which came from inspiration of God. But then you have this passage of Scripture that says, faith without works is dead, being alone, which came under the same inspiration of God, given to us. And so it looks like they're at odds with one another. In fact, Martin Luther, Martin Luther saved at one point. He turned, he was a Catholic priest, and he got stuck on Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. And he, he just didn't understand the traditions that he had and how that all worked, and he, was, he got saved. He had a very tough time. One of the hardest times that Martin Luther had was deciphering between James and Paul on this passage of Scripture. And in fact, he called the book of James. Reconciled James and Paul. He just couldn't figure it out just a little smarter than Martin Luther. No, I'm not going to even go there. I'm teasing when I say that. But I want you to understand something. There's no contradiction before our eyes. And as we go a little bit deeper, I want you to understand something. I want to help you when it comes to these things that never is there a contradiction in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit never contradicts himself in Scripture. We believe that the scriptures were given by inspiration of God. They are inspired, they're perfect, they're inerrant words. God's word never contradicts itself. Paul are here. In fact, James wrote most of his stuff before Paul ever penned the words that he did. And God works, and it's an amazing thing how the Bible but I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit, he does not contradict himself. If men wrote the Bible and it was based on men, we would be contradicting ourselves every other second. But God would not contradict himself. And as we look at that and we got to understand something, you must take the Bible in context where it's at. Be very careful. 
and when you listen to preachers and those who preach the Word of God, and I try very, to be very careful on this myself, you can take a verse and you could make your own doctrine out of it and be wacky about it because this verse says this. God gave us his word, and it must be preached in context with the passage. It's important. And I know there have been plenty of times in my time of pastoring of almost 10 years, preaching 14, 15 years, however long it's been, there have been times where I've taken a verse, and I look back now, and I'm like, ooh, that was a little bit out of context right there. And we, we all do it, right, Jay? You've ever done it before? Yeah. And I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that, but it's done. I can't go back and change it. But it's very important to take the Bible in context where it's at. One of the things that you'll notice, the difference between the book of Romans and the book of James. Are you ready? The book of Romans talks about how we are justified in the sight of God through faith. Abraham he was imputed righteousness because of his faith. You look at the book of James, and the book of James is practical Christian living, right? So we see in the book of Romans that we're justified in God's eyes through our faith. But as we live this Christian life, we're justified in this world's eyes by our works. That's not contradicting. It's just different passages of Scripture talking about different things. And so don't lose sight of that. And don't ever, and if you ever have questions, and I, I will be the first one to admit I don't know everything about the Bible. I sure wish I did. And I've got a lot more to know and a lot more to grow in. But God's word's always right. And when I'm at doubt about it, God's word's right. Brian is wrong. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But good works prove our faith is genuine. Paul emphasizes the priority of faith while James focuses on the proof of our faith. We're not saved by works, but saved people do God's work. The Bible tells us, and look at what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2 and 3. I know you got those verses. We thank, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers remembering without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and the sight of God and our Father. Faith must always demonstrate itself in action. Don't forget that tonight. We don't work in order to be saved. We work because we're saved. True faith leads to new fruit. We read those verses, I quoted them, but we'll put them up on the screen. Do you have Ephesians 2? The Bible says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not yourselves. It's the gift of God, not a work that any man should boast. And I, anytime I lead someone to the Lord and give them the gospel, I always go to those verses. But this is the very next verse. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, we're not saved by our works, but rather by faith that works. We're justified by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. Paul says it this way in Titus 2, verse number 14. 
who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Titus 3.8 adds to that. This is a faithful saying. And these things <clears throat> I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto man. Works are important. Works don't save you. They don't save you. But as I've said a few times tonight, as I want you to remember tonight, that you're not saved by works, but saved people do God's work. That's what this is teaching us tonight. And let's be clear, we don't add actions to our faith in order to be saved. But saving faith will result in an action. It does. We see number one tonight, surface faith. Number two, we see syrupy faith. I wish I could say I was the one who came up with that, but I didn't. Surface faith that does not express itself in action is dead faith. But James goes a step further here in verse 18 and 19 by saying that a surface faith can actually be demonic. Look at what it says here, verse 18 and 19. It says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. James wants to shake up the complacent believers whose behavior doesn't reflect true faith. And he says, you see that in verse number 19? Oh, so you believe there's one God? Oh, you do well. But even the devils know. The demons of hell know that there's one God. Isn't that interesting? The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter number 6, we think of, this is very similar to what it says in the New Testament, that Jesus said the two commandments, but Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 and 5, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, with all might, is that all that's there? It must be verse 4 and 5. And so, but you see, the Bible tells us the Lord our God, he's one Lord. It's easy to say the word Scripture, but it's our works that show that we believe the Scripture. To recite verses, or as this is the Shema, to do that is a good idea. But to stop, there's not enough. The demons know that there's one God. The devil himself knows this. The devil knows that God exists. The devil and his angels know that Jesus is the Savior and the Holy Spirit seals every believer. They even tremble in his presence, it says there. Do you see that there? That word's used for goosebumps and literally means to quake with fear and to bristle up. The acceptance, whatever, whatever you do, your doctrine and all these things can be correct. But just because you have the right doctrine and maybe you have some works, there's got to be a faith there. It's more than just, a, it's more than just works. There's got to be faith. 
The man with a surface faith is only engaged intellectually, while those who have a syrupy type faith are emotionally connected. But faith is more than just an emotion, because even the devils know that there's a God. They tremble, they fear. That's not genuine faith. Hey, Christian, tonight as we talk about being spiritually fit, what type of faith do you have tonight? Do you have a surface faith? Where you got some head knowledge, but there's no works? Do you have a syrupy type faith? A feel-good, emotionally charged faith? No, what we need is a genuine, number three tonight, we look at this passage, genuine saving faith. Saving faith engages the head, the heart, and the hands. A surface or a syrupy faith is words without action and emotions without action. Look at verse number 20 here. It says, But wilt thou, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. The word vain, and a vain person is one who's empty or hollow. The word dead means lazy, idle right here. If we think saving faith can exist with no fruit, we're fooling ourselves. You look at verse number 20 there, and then James asks two more questions. And these questions are very interesting. Look at verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, for he is called, was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I love this. But we see that after he asks this final question, which we'll get to here in just a minute, he brings up two people. He brings up Abraham. He brings up Rahab. Two totally different backgrounds, as far opposite as opposite can be. Let me give you a few comparisons between the two tonight. We think about Abraham. He was a man. Rahab was a woman. Do I need to say there's much difference other than that? There's that's, that's enough difference right there. We see that Abraham was Jewish. Rahab was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. There's no comparison between these two. We think of Abraham, he's the father of the Jews, he's the head of the family. We think about Rahab and she's a foreigner. In fact, she should have been one of the ones in Jericho that was probably destroyed. We see that Abraham reputable, he was a good man, he had a, reput a good reputation. Rahab was not so, didn't so much have a great reputation. When you're known as Rahab the harlot, yeah, that's not a good reputation. And if you're like, Pastor, I don't get it. You should get that one. 
Abraham was pretty moral in the things that he did. Rahab was really immoral. We see that Abraham was a reverend patriarch, and we see that Rahab was a redeemed prostitute. Total opposite ends of the spectrum. But do you know what you see in the life of both of them? A faith with works. Saving faith and fruit for Abraham and a saving faith and fruit for Rahab. They might have come from totally different backgrounds, totally different ideas, one a prostitute, one the head of a family, but through it all, they both had saving faith and they had fruit to back it up. Let's look at Abraham first. Look at verse 21 through 23. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. The word imputed there, it's a financial term. It means to put into one's... When Abraham believed God, God put righteousness into his account. When Abraham lived out his faith, Look at what it did. When Abraham lived it out, look with me. It says in verse number 22, There seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. So as we look at that, Abraham, we think about this. God gave imputed righteousness, put righteousness to his account. And when Abraham lived out his faith, that word perfect, you see that word perfect there? It means complete. Abraham, by living out his faith, completed or brought to maturity the faith that he had. So do you see how faith and works work together? God imputed the righteousness. God takes care of salvation. It's all on him. Abraham believed God. It was counted on them for righteousness. Abraham and that faith that he had displayed it by offering his son upon the altar, ready to offer him. And by doing that, faith was matured. Faith and works go hand in hand. We look at verse number 24. And you see how it says there, and what we see James do is he restates the thesis here. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. How do we know tonight that Abraham had faith? Well, Hebrews eleven seventeen tells us, you have Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he had received, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Jesus said in John 15, verse number 14, that ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Why was Abraham called the friend of God? He did what God told him to do. There was action behind the faith. Abraham's action proved his faith was alive. Now look at verse 25. Likewise, also, Was not Rahab the harlot justified by works 
when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. Allison, are you looking for Madison? Right there. He needed, he needed his mommy. Abraham's a- actions proved his faith was alive. And then we see there in verse 25, let's read it again, and then I'll give you a few last thoughts. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. Rahab ran a house of irreputable people, and not ones you'd really want to be around. But she hid two spies in her house and gave them an escape route. There is no way she would have done this unless she first believed in God. The city of Jericho knew. And that's so, you know, that's so interesting. It's interesting to me that the people of Israel were so fearful to go into the promised land and to conquer it. But the people in the promised land were scared to death of Israel because they had heard what God had done for them while they were in the wilderness, heard what they did in Egypt, and they were scared of Israel. But you can't tell me that Rahab didn't believe God because she could have died from her people there. People in charge in Jericho could have taken her life for helping these spies. That's treason, right? But she helped these spies out And when you think about that, she gave a clear statement of faith. And Joshua chapter 2, verse 11. Go with me to Joshua 2, 11. The only reason it's not there because I didn't put it to be put on there. Joshua chapter number 2. And look at what Rahab says. Joshua 2, verse number 11. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Rahab said that. And Rahab just didn't say she believed. She gave evidence of her belief. Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, verse 31, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Her faith worked. She not only responded with her mind and her emotions, she engaged her will through works. God honored her faith and put her family in the family tree of Jesus. Abraham was saved and proved his faith by offering his son. Rahab was saved by faith and proved her faith by protecting the spies. We are saved by faith and we're called to prove our faith. That's true for a respected patriarch and for a redeemed prostitute and for everyone else in between. No matter how great your sin is, I love the fact that the Bible tells us, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.
can take anyone's past and he can forgive a past. He's willing to save any. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then we see James closes out the chapter in verse 26 with a closing statement and a brief illustration and concludes this. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You might say he said something like this. If you see a body that's not breathing, you can conclude it's dead. If you see faith that doesn't produce good works, you can conclude it's a dead faith as well. Faith is not root. You think about this. Faith is the root, and good works are the fruit of our faith. If there's no fruit, our faith is void of validity. But I also want you to understand something and make sure that you get something, and this is added for you tonight. Because I hear many people say, well, I can look at someone and tell if they're saved or not by their actions and their works. You know no one's heart, and neither do I. And shame on you and I if we judge someone. They're not saved because they're not doing the works. I want to show you one verse. Go take your Bibles to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. We've got to be very careful that we don't judge people. Don't judge people. Because sometimes we'll look at this passage of Scripture and be like, well, see, they have no, they have no works. Faith, they don't have any faith. They're not really saved. Look at John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. I can keep on going here, but I want you to see something. Do you see the fact, it says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit? That does mean that there are some Christians who do not bear fruit, because they're a branch in him. So be very careful. And this is just a side note. This isn't even part of the message tonight. We need genuine faith, and a genuine faith is going to have works to back it up. It's the truth. But there are times in our life where we're not going to be what we should be. And you might not see fruit. It's not your job to judge someone based on that. Because even that verse says, every branch of me, and there's some that don't, when they don't bear fruit, he says he takes it away. It means, and takes it away, he does things to help it start bearing fruit. He might clean the weeds out. He might do lots of different things around it. But don't judge someone and say, well, they, and they're not truly saved because I don't see any works. Because salvation is not between you and them. And you don't know if someone's truly saved or not. He does. And salvation is between him and the believer, not you and the believer. But with that being said, genuine faith, works will be shown. As I said tonight, we're not saved by works, but saved people do God's work. Let's be genuine. Let's have a real faith. You know what this world needs to see now more than ever? Real faith. They need to see it. I think right now we look all around us and I look, I think in our state right now, you know what we need to see right now? 
real, genuine Christians. The government says you shouldn't go to church. A genuine Christian will follow this book. Let's be honest. Now, I get it. Certain health issues, different things of that nature, you do what you need to do. But in all, what people need to see right now is we're not at church tonight to be rebel rousers. We're here because we believe in God. And if Abraham could offer his own son and show his faith, if Rahab could hide those spies and do what she did, we can go to church. We can have genuine faith. But when I look on Facebook or I look all around us and I see a lot of these so-called Christians are like, who needs to go to church? You can have church at home. You don't need church. I don't see the genuine work there. I'm not questioning their salvation. That's between them and God. When the Bible says that we're not supposed to the stumbling of ourselves together, we need a faith that's alive. And what this world needs to see right now is that we have real faith. Because faith without works is useless. A surface faith. And what we're seeing is there are a lot of people who call themselves Christians that have surface faith. And it's vain and it doesn't profit nothing. There are those who have the emotional faith. But that emotional faith, even the devil knows that God is there and they can tremble in fear in his presence. And what we need is genuine faith. Genuine faith that will do something for God and let this world see, hey, I believe in God and my actions back up what I believe.